I heard that like Australia's having like a lettuce crisis. We are having a lettuce crisis. It's really fucking expensive at the moment. All right. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> I thought you were going to be joining more of us. We're all together again. It's the Holy Trinity together again. <laughs> Today we are discussing the eighth episode of the Glorious Saints podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're all bonkers, but this one's really bonkers. It's like if you can suspend your disbelief to get through the horseshit at the beginning, then Smitty's got you and then he just hits you with all of these personal accounts from people other than him that somehow he's manufactured in them. It might have been through hypnotism. It could have been through creating a prop. It could have been through his family helping him out. There's a million ways it could have happened that isn't Jesus. But of course, the Latter-day Saints believe it was Jesus. So they've got all these stories about the witnesses. They're always about the witnesses. If you need faith in our religion, believe the witnesses. They say, read the book. It's like I am reading the book. It makes me want to hurl. It makes me want to fall asleep. It makes me want to burn it. It makes me want to smoke it. Anyway, so you guys have listened to this. Do you have any initial thoughts before I get into the first silly clip? You are right on with this witness thing. That's what I hear all the time, too. Testimony and witnessing. Ed, you're comatose. Are you okay? I am okay. And if you want me to talk, I can talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> Has Gina been talking to you about how to be on a podcast? Yeah, the last time I was a little overexcited, which it may still happen. The night is young. <laughs> What's the age in Australia to buy alcohol? 21 or 18? 18. Yeah. Whoa. So in Utah, they are trying to pass a law to raise the age for buying handguns, not rifles, from 18 to 21. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I don't care. Hey, I mean, what's the difference? You're right. 18-year-olds are still going to be able to get guns from their 21-year-old friends. That's what people chimed in with saying that private sales will still be okay. It just seems like a silly waste of lawmakers' abilities, doesn't it? But that's what happens when you make a government. There's just lots of wastage. you still got to have them, I suppose, to avoid anarchy, although you kind of got that at the moment, haven't you? No, it's not anarchy. There are players in the system doing stuff purposefully. It's not anarchy. It may seem to people like it's anarchy. Guess where we're getting news about the United States? It's from Australia. <laughs> what? Why? We're getting it from Sky News and all those beautiful channels you got there. Ah, uh, Packer. So we need you guys down there. <laughs> so when I flipped the map and you said it's lonely at the top, you know what? I understood because you're like, ah, the sun, it's too bright. <laughs> it's too close to the sun. Put us back down under there so that it's not so bright. The map just looked wrong with Australia at the top. I like it the other way around. Yeah, we like it down here. Murky. CD? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to play this first clip. See, I wouldn't shut up. She's like, okay. His older brother, Alvin, when he died, Joseph was told that his brother had gone to hell and that he hadn't been saved. Whoso believeth in me and is baptized, the same shall be saved, he declared. As they translated, Joseph and Oliver were struck by these teachings. Like his brother Alvin, Joseph had never been baptized, and he wanted to know more about the ordinance and the authority necessary to perform it. They go into a, a secluded place in the woods, and they pray and ask God. A heavenly being appears to them, in this case, one who identifies himself as John the Baptist. Teaches them about the need for the for priesthood authority, what would become known as the Aaronic Priesthood. Moronic Priesthood. 
and the need to be baptized by that authority. <laughs> when they see John the Baptist in this silly story, John pretty much just says what you can get from reading the Gospels. The only thing that Smitty's creative with is how he manipulates people. Everything else is just so incredibly boring. You could have got it from anywhere else. Well, and how would they know he was John the Baptist? Is it because he had no head? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. His head was presented to Salome on a silver platter because she was such a beautiful dancer. Why are they always going in the forest in like pairs? Well, it used to be Smitty would go off into the forest on his own to play with himself. <laughs> but now he's taking a friend with him. Because <laughs> it's more fun to play with yourself together with someone else. That's what I thought. Yeah. They give each other a hand. Yes. You got to hand it to the med. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, what I want to know is, somehow they both got the story. It wasn't just Smitty who had the story. They both had the story. How did Chowdery, because he had chowder for brains, get the story? Did he just go along with bullshit? Did Smitty hypnotize him? Maybe Chowdery was in on it. Did Smitty have a friend that dressed up as John the Baptist? How did he do this, do you think? There's lots of ways. Well, I imagine, too, they come back and they're all soaked and wet and, you know, they look like they're up to no good. You know, they're trying to make excuses. Oh, we were getting baptized. He had to go along with it then, didn't he? And now it's history, you know? <laughs> what happens in the forest stays in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dog loves you. Of course she does, because I love her. Oh, so cute. Sweetie. What a sweetie dog. Oh, I miss my greyhound. They are just the most lovely animals. She's a whippet mix. It's all the same to me. Whippet, greyhound. <sighs> Sighthound. Sighthound. So you had a greyhound? I used to, yeah. I dug a hole and um, buried him when he died. Oh, wow. I think you told me, right? It was a former racer, right? Yeah, former racer. Yeah, we got him from the RSPCA. You guys have the ASPCA. We have the RSPCA. The R stands for Royal. See, we still have the coin. Aretha Franklin's got the song, right? R-N-R-S-E-C-A. Well, then should I congratulate you on a jubilee or something since the queen still has her thing? Yeah, and with that whole fountain thing, whatever. That's right. She was cracking jokes with the Aussies down under. You could see that she was wrapping up that call at the end too. She really didn't want to be talking with that very Australian guy in the wheelchair. He was just a bit disrespectful. Are you sure? Yeah, he didn't really know how to talk to her, I think. He was lacking the airs and graces. She was very polite, but... But she seems much more with it than Biden. Oh yeah, she's with it. She's a hoot nanny granny. <laughs> she was so beautiful when she was younger too growing animosity in the community toward Joseph Smith. He has some support from Emma's family. Maybe that support is what prevented any of this animosity toward him from turning violent. It became apparent that it would be best for Joseph and Emma, Oliver Coucher with them, to go somewhere else. The Whitmers decided they would take Joseph and Emma and Oliver in so they could finish the translation process. Sorry I had to put so many record scratches in that, but they don't edit their podcast. So I'm there like, oh, I don't want to listen to him arm and arm. So the Whitmers took in Joseph and Emma so that they could finish. What was it that Joseph and Emma were doing that they needed to finish? <laughs> Smitty always wanted to finish, sometimes on her, sometimes off her, sometimes on someone else. <laughs> 
I think sometimes he finished into the plates too and stuck them together, but you never know. What, what were Whitmer's doing? Were they watching or? I think so. David Whitmer was the main guy there that wanted to bring Smitty into his house. He prayed about it and he just felt that passion, that burning in his bosom. Amy just lost her baby while they were in Harmony, right? And now they've moved to this place that was 30 miles out of Harmony to get away from the townspeople that seem to hate Smitty. <laughs> I'd like to know more about why, but I've got a few ideas I can guess, but they don't tell us. <laughs> they just hated him. So they moved out of harmony. And is that why things went disharmonious? No, they were disharmonious in harmony. Ironically, maybe that's why they got the ironic priesthood. <laughs> and so like David goes to his folks like, Hey, I got these friends and wow, people are like really after them. Like, mom, dad, can they crash here for a while? Yeah, that seems to be the story. And by the way, I prayed on it. I can just imagine if you tell your parents you prayed on it, you can get anything you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way they tell the story, like the parents were sympathetic to it. So Whitmers were voyeurs, not swingers? <laughs> <laughs> well, they eventually got all excommunicated, right? Tell me more. How did this happen? This was in the Kirtland time. Then when Smitty died, he made a claim to be the successor. Oh. And so that's where, get this, the Whitmerites come in. Oh, Jesus Christ. Last time we talked about the Strangites, so I just got to throw in another ite. I guess that'll be my thing. <laughs> I wonder if that's why the next story comes up, because remember how Mary saw the golden plates apparently, but that's not a story that a lot of Mormons have heard, but it was a story that was passed down in the Whitmore family, right? So I'm wondering if that was kind of their witnessing story of the plates so that they've got something they can own for themselves. I don't know. All right, let's play the next bit, which I call 19th Century Crop Circles. David wanted to go to Harmony immediately, but his father reminded him that he had two days of heavy work to do before he could leave. His father said he ought to pray first to learn if it was absolutely necessary to leave now. He felt the Spirit tell him to finish his work at home before going to Harmony. The next morning, David walked out to the fields and saw that about six acres had been plowed overnight, and the plow was waiting for him in the last furrow, ready for him to finish the job. <laughs> David took this as a sign. Sure. Yeah, finish the job, David. <laughs> plow that field. Plow all you like. Just plow away. There's so many possibilities with this story. For starters, people just make shit up. And then the story just evolves as you tell it. The other possibility is that somebody did plow his field for him. I know. I feel sorry for that person who spent all night plowing. Yeah. And said, Thank you. It's not like, thanks for helping me out. But, oh, no, look, there's a revelation. Uh, no, no, it was me. Psh, no, don't take credit. It was God. Probably his dad wanted to do something nice for him. He could see how earnest his son was and was like, you know what, I'm kind of holding him up with this extra. I'll go out at night and plow this field and I won't tell him I did it. You know how when you do like a good thing for someone, you don't tell them it's you because then you don't get the blessings for it, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go and do a mitzvah. You know? <laughs> then he 
turned it in. Oh, it's a sign of God. Oh, look at this. Oh. <laughs> kind of like he said, Daddy, no, please don't make me plow the fields. And Dad said, <laughs> you're going to plow those fields, young man, and you sit there and you pray about it. And you can stay in there and pray about it until you come out here and are ready to go and plow the field. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they find their wives, too, by playing the field. Ah! <laughs> that reminds me, have you seen this whole horse shit about these TikTok Mormon mummies that have been soft swinging, whatever the fuck that means? You heard about that? What is soft swinging? They can do anything with other partners except actual intercourse. Apparently that's what it means. Here's my question to that. Does soaking count as infidelity? <laughs> and I asked that on a discussion forum and people are like, hmm, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good question, isn't it? I want to know why they don't call soaking intercourse anyway. You stick one thing into another. I mean, sure, it mightn't be going in and out in the traditional way, but that doesn't mean there is an agitation. Even if the agitation is all in the brain, it's still plugging in in the most heteronormative way. I don't know why they think that excuses them. <laughs> I have no idea, but I think it creates a lot of uh, confusion. Right. But you know what? Sex does cause a lot of confusion fusion with humans in general doesn't mm -hmm. it so as long as there's consenting adults here off you go go and soak your brains out <laughs> whatever works for you yeah you can soak a wet towel and put that around your head afterwards when your brain is exploding and going over time from just trying to work out the cognitive dissonance and then you can go and have a nice wet cold shower afterwards and and soak once again yeah that's right just like in the river with chowdhury and right you and your best friend go and get baptized together get wet together uh, <laughs> just make sure there's consent before you get wet yeah just like we said on the maroni's ouija board video <laughs> <laughs> so crop circles right these things have been happening for ages people seeing signs out in the field even back in the bible there was that fellow that left a fleece out overnight and the way the jews settled on it meant something from god people have been reading things into things on their field forever and it doesn't mean that it's a true story even if it was a true story it doesn't mean that it was god right next one this one i've titled smitty shack's work again a farm life is, is a difficult life. There's lots to be done. And Joseph and Oliver are helping out with all that, right? Not really, though. Every mouth you feed, you expect to also be doing some of the work. There's no end to chores on a farm. Partaking of the, the food and the, the shelter that the farm provided without actually doing the farm work was something that was generally understood. They were there to translate. I think it's quite natural for other members of the Whitmer family to be overburdened with their own work and to say, it'd be nice if you guys helped out a bit. They'd worked out a way of getting out of work by doing secret men's business, putting some story together like it's really important and you just have to let us go and do it while you guys go and do all the other work. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Emma was doing. I bet she was helping out, hey. I bet you, yeah. Yeah, they don't really talk about her, but you just know. And now there's three more mouths to feed on the farm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Him and Chowdery go off in their little room and play their silly little boys games out in the shed, translating. 
<laughs> which is just looking into a rock and just imagining what might be there or possibly just copying off certain parts of the Bible. And uh, they just get fed for it. They can span that out as long as they can, you know, without it seeming too long. They, they've got a nice little ride there for a while, haven't they? Oh. Good job, Patience. Yeah. You connected the dots. I connected the dots. Mary Whitmer, who's David's mother, right? And she's doing a lot of work on the farm. She's not complaining. She's going about her chores and a stranger approaches. And he introduces himself as Moroni. Takes his knapsack and pulls from it the gold plates. Page by page so she can see the symbols written thereon. Essentially giving her this witness that the plates were real that she could uh, presumably go on with confidence knowing, yes, you're overworked, but the work that you're facilitating is worth the toil. Oh, it's so worth the toil. Oh, the men toiling away and your toil, it's it's so worth it. Keep toiling. You're going to be blessed for it. What a bunch of crap. I bet Smitty could just tell that there was contention in the house over this free ride he and Chowdery were getting. There's a couple of possibilities here. Once again, A, maybe it never happened. She may not have even told the story. It might have been told about her later. I mean, when people die, people can make up anything about what you actually said. I like how they use this term too. She was given witness. Like she was <laughs> given the opportunity now to have a story huh. to share. She didn't even ask for that. But let me give you a story to tell. I'm not going to pick up a tea towel, but I will give you a witness. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder if Smitty's dad helped Joseph out on this one. Because Smitty's dad would have been a bit older and we know he was a con man. I bet he said to his dad, look, we need someone a bit older, someone not too threatening. And if you can just say, you Maroney, put this knapsack on and just haul out my new prop and let's just see if the prop works on her. All right. I think it might. Thanks, dad, for making the prop. You've been real good to me. And I'll cut you in for a slice of whatever I've got up here. <laughs> and I don't know if words matter, but they talk about golden plates and not gold plates. Right. <laughs> I mean, I seem to recall somewhere that at some point they were bronze, not made out of gold. The latest rhetoric is like, were they gold or were they golden? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's what was on the plates that counts. It does matter because it if they matter. were gold, they would be too heavy for him to ever carry. And they just happened to be in this knapsack, you know? <laughs> and the stranger shows up. So I guess they didn't have stranger danger yet. <laughs> the story says that she was a bit afraid or startled at first but she obviously didn't heed her startledness enough here's this strange man on our property i should get the hell out of here she's like ah oh, no he looks kind and old and he's got a bit of gray hair must be maroney <laughs> and she's doing all these chores what kind of strength does this poor woman have now that she's catering to family and all these strangers right she was probably happy to be out in the field <laughs> getting her time you know <laughs> I hope she wasn't plowing. They had to get pretty close, though, if whoever this preacher was went page by page so that she could see the writing. That's right. Apparently it was page by page. Like, it's not like you're across the room because then you don't get to see, like, the special language. It's conceivable that he might have had a prop that then he said later on it got taken back to heaven and never showed again and probably destroyed. So Moses had the tablets, right? Yeah. And they put the tablets in the Ark of the Covenant so people never looked at the tablets, but they <laughs> knew 
the tablets of the Ten Commandments were there. He hefted a box too, didn't he? Yeah, and even we know from Indiana Jones that like when they try to open the Ark, like nobody can look at the Ten Commandments. Right. Why can people now look at these golden plates, uh. like except for Moses or the called ones? Because they don't exist. Right! I'd never thought of that. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before, but it's like there's such a parallel there. Oh. oh, it's all horse shit, isn't it? It's just <laughs> all horse shit. Religion is just some of the most toxic thinking ever. <laughs> Do you think he had a prop, Ed? Of course. Of course. Okay. All right. It would help his story a lot if he had a prop. It'd help him sell his horse shit. And he would have had enough time by now to make one. He wouldn't have had one at the start, but now that he's strung people along for a while, it's conceivable. All right. Last clip. <laughs> Proceeding its publication, Joseph Smith was able to show the book to three witnesses, then to eight witnesses. The three witnesses were Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris, and David Whitmer. They had an experience where they prayed together and were shown the plates. Two saw it at once, then Martin Harris saw it separately. With the eight witnesses, it was Joseph Smith actually showing them the plates. People would ask him what happened to the plates. Answer could, would always be for people to go to the book itself. And if they still doubted, look at the testimony of these witnesses and ultimately make it a matter of faith. Yes, I'm looking at the testimony of the witnesses and I have no faith. It's all harsh shit. And they said there that apparently to eight other people he showed the plates. So before he couldn't show the plates, but now he can. He can just show them the plates because he's got a prop. So he changed his story, you see? Makes it more convincing. Jifchina, what do you call these guys that wear a trench coat and then they open it up and show their prop? <laughs> Flashers. Smitty is flashing his plates. Yeah. He's flashing his prop. Yeah. <laughs> faith, hope, and love. So everything starts with faith, right? And the most important of these is love. Corinthians, isn't it? It's a really powerful section of the New Testament. So faith is the first base. Hope is the second base. By the time you reach the third base, you've got love. The next is the home run. <laughs> <laughs> in order to reach the third base, you go out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> John the Baptist comes along huh. for the threesome, gives you a hand to find love. That's right. He does a reach around. Yeah. Let's go get wet. And a dove alights on your forehead and shits all over you. <laughs> so you got German porn there as well. It's First Corinthians 13. I think that this whole chapter is pretty damning on Smitty, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, I don't like their worldview that this is coming from because it's coming from religion. But it says a lot of idealistic things, things that humans aspire to, even though we don't really ever make it. But it's nice to have things to aspire to. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm. That's right. You could have all of these miracles, Smitty, but if you don't love people, you're a fuckwit. If I have the gift of prophecy, Smitty, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, I think he said that he could actually move mountains at one point, but do not have love, I am nothing. Yeah, Smitty, you don't have love. You're a fuckwit. 
You want to hear some hypnosis? <laughs> Not really. I have a theory that that's how Smitty did his thing with John the Baptist, if it ever happened. So he took his friend Chowdhury out into the forest. They were developing their bishop voice. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was voice. calm. Listen to my voice. Oh, do you see it, Oliver? Do you see it? I see John the Baptist. And then all of a sudden, Oliver would see John the Baptist. He just would because he's had this working relationship with him now for quite some time. He's really good at getting in his head. Maybe if Smitty's like the cool kid and Chowdhury really wants to impress him and Smitty's like, don't you see that? That's John the Baptist right there. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, of course I see him. Yeah, (laughs) he's right there. He's close associates that became witnesses were all of the type that were very susceptible to that kind of magic in quotes. Anyway, Ed, do you want to read us out that the corporation of the profit of the full cream dairy milk? Dish liquid, also known as dish soap, good for washing dishes and potty mouths. (laughs) Did you buy it from that store? What's it called? You don't buy it. It's not for resale. You don't buy it. Oh. You pay tithing and then the needy get from the bishop's store. They provide it to you, do they? Yeah, if you're needy. Wow. You get a form that you fill out. What is it that you want from the list of stuff that's available? In fact, the mattress I'm sitting on is also bought by the church. But it really is a transaction, isn't it? You pay your tithes. Oh, yeah. It's transactional. What I found really interesting, too, is that all these products are repackaged under a church brand name. So it's not like regular food pantries where, like, you know, you go to the store, you bring in your goods, there's regular goods. No, it's its own brand. So somebody's paying for repackaging and whatnot. Well, they buy stuff in bulk. I mean, the soap, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's bought in bulk. But it literally has the name Jesus Christ on it. It's Jesus Christ's soap. To wash out potty mouths. Jesus detergent. <laughs> Jesus cleanses. It's for when the young men get too turgid, they got to detergent. See? How do I do bishop voice? Low and Slow and calm. Yeah. Distributed by corporation. Gaslight. Of the presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ. Everything's okay. Of Latter-day Saints. You like it. Salt Lake City, Utah, 84150. You think it's great. And I say this. You in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Yes. <laughs> eat it, eat it, eat it, eat it. <laughs> Ingredients. Anionic and non-ionic surfactants. Surfact ants. So it's ants that been served, knighted ants, and it's a fact that they're knighted ants from any and nani. Not sure what onic is, but okay. So they're facts. Unlike the Book of Mormon. <laughs> just like the Book of Mormon. Yeah, facts just like the, <laughs> like Book, the of Book of Mormon. Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ethyl alcohol, water. Baptism water. <laughs> Colorant. Stabilizing agents. Fragrance. Bishop Cologne. <laughs> Bishop Cologne. And who is the presiding bishop? Is that Rusty Nails? No, he's the president. Oh, he's the president. Who's the presiding bishop then? It's a good question. I actually don't really know. <laughs> Wait, did you say it's from the presiding bishop or the office of the presiding bishop? Distributed by corporation of the presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ. Of- See, presiding bishop, I think that's the presidential bi- I think it is Rusty Nails. It's the corporation of Rusty Nails. He probably is. He's the yeah presiding. That's right, president. He's a bishop. He's a prophet. He's a really old guy. He's all sorts of things. He looks like a reanimated corpse. He's so many things to different people. It just depends what you want from him. Is that the presiding bishop? Brick. Well, he does have a prick because he's a bishop. 
is a council of three men who work under the direction of the First Presidency. They manage such matters as humanitarian aid, welfare programs, tithing and fast offerings, physical facilities, and the organization of membership records. They travel frequently to ministry, to church members around the world, and they're in charge of the Aaronic priesthood. Ironic or anionic or non-ionic. The anionic priesthood. Thank you so much for helping me out with this episode. I really appreciate it. It's always interesting talking to both of you because you have such different perspectives than people I usually talk to. Good night. Sorry, I've got you up too late. Have a good sleep. She said put it out. <laughs> yes. See you later, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is my new normal.